Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you that you've given us the opportunity yet again to glorify you in everything that we do. God, I just pray that as we read your word, that it would come alive to us, that it would speak to us, that it would correct us, that it would do the work that the word is intended to do. And so, Lord, I just pray also, God, that as we receive it, that it would not fall on hard, rocky ground, but God, that our hearts would be fertile as we receive it, that it would bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Okay, give it a nice little stretch. I love that. Oh, yeah. All right. Here we go. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. And I'm reading from the NIV version. For anybody who's wondering, that is the NIV version. And verse 1 starts off and it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Verse five, from the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome, and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in his house. Everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Verse 10, and though he, she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, 
she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. Verse 16, she kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. Verse 19, when his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. Verse 23, the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, let me see in the chat what stuck out to you the most. Out of those 23 verses, what's the, what verse stuck out to you the most? What stuck out to you about the story out of those 23 verses? All right. So this right here is a story of Joseph. Now, we were already introduced to Joseph two chapters ago. Two chapters ago. I love that. The Lord is with Joseph. Keep that in mind, Nicole. Keep that in mind. Two chapters ago, we were introduced to Joseph and who Joseph was and this family dynamic that Joseph had, right? Uh, Joseph was the youngest of his brothers. And the Bible says in, verse, in chapter 37, verses 5 through 7 and 7 through 9, that Joseph, uh, hated by his brothers, was his father's favorite, right? But Joseph had two dreams when he was younger. And in these two dreams, one of them, uh, he saw this vision where suddenly, right, they were, his, he and his brother were binding sheaves together, sheaves of grain. And suddenly it says that uh, his sheaf rose up and stood upright while the sheaves gathered around him, around his sheaf, uh, began to bow down to him. And his brothers, the Bible says that his brothers hated him even more because they interpreted that dream as Joseph was going to rule over them. And they were already jealous of Joseph to begin with. So they hated him even more. Right. Then he has another dream and he shares this dream with them. And in this dream, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars were bowing down to him, Joseph. Right. So his brothers come up with this plan and his brothers sell Joseph into slavery. They throw him in a pit. They see some Ishmaelites coming by and some camels. They wave him down like, hey, we have a slave that we'd like to sell to you. They sell him to the slave. They sell his brother, their brother into slavery, Joseph into slavery. And Joseph ends up being a slave. Along the way, we are introduced to this Egyptian commander, this captain of the guard named Potiphar, who ends up purchasing Joseph as a slave. Now, this is interesting. This whole story is interesting because right off the bat, 
we're introduced to this idea that Joseph has this dream, right? This, this promise from God, this idea that at some point, somehow, he was going to be elevated. He was going to be, uh, he's going to ra raised up. He was going to be exalted in some way, shape, or form. He didn't know exactly how that would happen, but he knew that God had a purpose for his life. There was a dream that he had, right? And yet, after having these dreams, he ends up actually going lower and lower and lower. Rather than being raised up, he ends up being lowered and lowered and lowered, right? So he and his brothers believe that he's going to rule over them, right? But instead, he ends up being sold into slavery. Ends up at a man named Potiphar's house, right? But what's interesting is what Nicole pointed out, right? How many times we see in this story that the Lord was with Joseph, right? In verse third, in chapter 39, verse 1, it starts off, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there, right? And then in verse 2, it says, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. He lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. So here we are. We have Joseph who faces a bunch of problems, as we'll see, right? He has a dream. He has a promise. But he faces a bunch of trials, a bunch of problems, a bunch of discouragement, a bunch of disappointments. And the first thing that we could learn from this story is simply that the presence of problems is not the absence of God's presence. I think one of the things that we tend to do as Christians oftentimes is we tend to assume that every difficult time we encounter in our lives, right, we either do one of two things. We blame God for the difficulties in our lives or we blame the devil, right? And I think that the sad reality is that oftentimes, right? And I think, honestly, oftentimes we give the devil more credit than he deserves, right? Like every problem we face, oh, well, we're just going to rebuke the devil. Oh, well, the devil's having it, giving me a hard time right now. The enemy's really making my life difficult right now. Well, do you maybe ever think that maybe it's not the enemy that's allowing you to walk through difficulty? Maybe it's not the enemy that's allowing you to walk through some problems in your life. Maybe the problems you're, you're facing are actually a part of the process to get you to the promise that God has for your life. That maybe the difficulties and the disappointments are actually a part of the journey that God has for your life that leads you, that guides you to where God wants to take you. Because the reality of, the reality of life is that there's this beautiful yet difficult thing to understand about Christianity, right? And that is that this is not a destination. This walk with God, this walk with Jesus is a journey. It is a progress, but it is a journey that God leads us through, right? It's not, it's not something that he just, we, it, it, when we have a promise from God, he doesn't just put us in the promise. He actually leads us there. He guides us there. He has a plan for our lives, and sometimes, whether we understand it or not, 
His plan is more perfect than we could understand. His plan is so much better than we could ever understand. You see, Joseph had an idea that he would one day be elevated. He just had no idea how it was that he would get there. So could you imagine the discouragement that he must have felt when he ends up being sold into slavery? And yet we are immediately introduced that even in the slavery, God was with him. That even in the difficulty, God was with him. That even in the problems, God was with him. Even in the difficult circumstances that he faced, God was with him. And I just want to encourage you that just because you're going through some hard times doesn't mean that God is not with you. It could be that God is actually more present with you in your problems, in your trials, in your difficulties than he would be anywhere else. It could be that God is more present with you in that difficult job that you're, that difficulty at your job that you're facing, right? Like you don't understand why you're having such a hard time. Maybe, just maybe, you're going through this difficult time because God is trying to do something in you. God is trying to prepare you. God is trying to uh, prune you. God is trying to equip you for the promise that's to come, right? He ends up in Potiphar's house, and in Potiphar's house, Joseph is thriving. Joseph is thriving, which shows me that you can actually thrive in difficulty. You can actually thrive in difficulty, and you could also actually be a blessing to those around you in your difficult circumstances, right? You could thrive in problems. You can thrive in circumstances. You can thrive in difficult situations. Not everything is meant to destroy you. Sometimes the difficult things of your life are actually meant to build you up, right? So you can thrive in difficulties. And we see that in Joseph's life because it says that Joseph prospered in everything that he did. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. So even in the face of difficulty, you can find success and favor in everything that you do, right? Because the Lord is the one who has a purpose and a plan. It says in everything he did, Joseph found favor in the eyes in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and entrusted to his care everything he owned, right? Then in verse 5, the story continues, and it says, From the time he put him in charge of his household, and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in, his, in the house and in the field, so Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. What a life. I mean, Joseph prospered so much. Joseph was so successful in his difficult situation. Joseph was so successful in his problem that his master literally had to not worry about a thing. Right? Okay. Verse 39 or chapter 39, verse 6. It says, it continues in verse 6, and it says, Now Joseph was well built and handsome. Right? Just when things are going right for Joseph, 
right? He's thriving. He's succeeding. He's prospering. His master's house is blessed. Everything's going well. Now we're introduced to another problem. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. And he said, with me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in the house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. Now watch this because this is key. He's basically saying, right, we're in this situation. The Bible says jo Joseph is good looking. He's a well-built guy. You know, think of whatever actor you think is fine, right? Like, I mean, she really just hones in on Joseph and she's feeling Joseph. Like Joseph is eye candy for her, right? And she's like, bro, come to bed with me. You know, like we all know what that means, right? We're not going to get it too deep into it. Joseph's response is, listen, I'm in charge of this place. My master has given me everything under my control, right? He says, there's nothing. There's no one higher than me in this house. There's nothing that uh, I cannot do. There's nothing that has been withheld from me. My master has given me everything except you because you're his wife. But look what Joseph says. He says, how then could I do such a wicked thing, not against Potiphar, but against God? How can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God, right? One of the things that I have found interesting as a pastor and just dealing with people and the little amount of time that I've dealt with people is how many times people use the difficulties of their life as an excuse or reason for them to compromise. You ever notice that? You ever notice how easy it is for people who are going through the process who are going through a problem, who are going through difficult situations, who believe that God has turned their back on them, who believe that God is not with them, who believe that, you know, uh, that, that God has forgotten about them, how easy it is for people to say, okay, well, then I'm just going to do my thing, right? What I love about Joseph is Joseph didn't use his difficult situation as an excuse to sin against God. Joseph didn't use his difficult situations as an excuse for him to compromise. Instead, he used it. He saw what God was doing in his life. He saw what God, how God was causing him to thrive in the midst of his problem, in the midst of his situation. He saw how God had provided for him. He saw how God was favoring him. He saw what God was doing through him. And he said, no, no, no. I'm not going to compromise in my relationship with God, I'm not going to compromise in my morals. I'm not going to sin against God. I'm going to choose integrity. I love that, Nicole. I'm going to steal it from you. I'm going to choose integrity and walk in integrity because my God has been too good for me to sin against him. Right? Like, let's not use our problems as a get out of jail free card to compromise 
and to not walk in integrity, to compromise our character, to compromise our faith, to compromise our morals. Let's not use the difficult situations of our lives to say, okay, God, well, since you didn't do things my way, since you didn't do things according to my plan, since you got me in this mess, then I don't want anything to do with you. No, Joseph said, I'm going to choose to walk in integrity. I will not sleep with you as much as you're throwing yourself at me. I will not compromise because God has been too good for me to fail him now. Right? And I just want to encourage you that even in your difficult situation, God can still be good. God is good. His character doesn't change. And so we have to be willing to say, you know what? I'm going to persevere. I'm going to stand strong in my faith and not compromise in my morals, not compromise and sin against God because God has been too good. I'm not using my difficult situations as my excuse to compromise in my faith and to compromise in my walk. Because listen to me, the promise of God requires perseverance. The promise of God requires perseverance. You're going to have to allow God to work things out in you. You're going to have to trust God to walk you through this process. You may not understand why you're in the position you're in. You may not understand why you're in the situation you're in. You may not understand why you're facing the difficulty that you are. But maybe, just maybe, the thing that you're praying God will take you out of is a thing God is using to shape you, to mold you, to equip you, to prepare you for the promise that he has. The question is, are you able and willing to persevere? And are you able to walk in the integrity that it takes to get to the promise that God has for your life. Amen. The word continues. And so she tries the first time. He refuses. Verse 11 says, One day he went into the house to attend to his duties. Another household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of there. Listen to me. There are certain sins in our lives that we don't need to argue with, that we don't need to play with. You just need to run. Get as fast, run as fast and as hard as you can away. And I, you know what? I'm going to hit on the guys for a little bit right now because this is something. And you know what? Let's not hit on the guys. Let's just make it general for everybody, right? When it comes to lust, when it comes to sexual immorality, okay, the best way to protect ourselves from it is to run. Don't sit and argue. Don't contend. Don't play with it. Run. Joseph was so uh, set on keeping his integrity, on remaining faithful to God, that he ran out of there, but he didn't just run out of there. She, he left his cloak, which means that man ran out of there naked. <laughs> he was out. He was not compromising, right? He left his cloak in her hand, and he ran out of there. So she called her household servants and said, look, she said to them, this Hebrew 
has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. Verse 16, she kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger, and Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. So he did nothing wrong. Ran out of there, didn't sleep with the wife, was wrongfully accused, wrongfully imprisoned, finds himself now in a prison, right? Could you imagine the way Joseph felt like nothing could ever work out his way? I'll tell you right now, that's how I would feel. You ever felt that way? Like every time you take three steps forward, you end up taking 10 backwards. <laughs> You're like, I'm finally in a good place. I'm finally moving forward. I'm finally getting ahead. Things are looking good for me. God is causing me to thrive. God is causing me to, su to succeed. I'm walking in integrity. I'm believing God. I'm being faithful to God. I'm trusting God. I'm obeying God. And nothing seems to work out for me. But then we see, in verse 20, it continues. But while Joseph was there in the prison, verse 21, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Listen to me. I don't care what situation you find yourself in. I don't care what difficulty you find yourself in. Number one, the Lord is with you. He's always with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never abandon you. If you are in this place, it could just be that God is allowing you to go through this difficult season of your life, allowing you to go through these problems, allowing you to walk through this promise because he's leading you and guiding you towards the promise that he has for your life. Maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, God is preparing you and equipping you, equipping you for what is to come. The Bible says in the book of Romans that he works all things, all things, not some things, not a few things, all things. The word in Greek for all is all. He works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God has a plan for your life, but God is the one who's going to work out that plan. I think what ends up happening in most of our, most of the time in our lives is that we know God has a plan for our lives. We know that God has a purpose for our lives, but what we have seen throughout all the book of Genesis, right? Is that all of these people knew that God had a plan, knew that God had a purpose, but for some reason we think that the way God should work out his plan is our way, right? But when we work out God's plans for our lives, it never ends well. 
when we work out God's purpose for our lives, it never ends well. We've seen this over and over and over again in the book of Genesis, right? God's plan and his purpose will, will be worked out his way. And when it is worked out his way, it ends up the best way. When God works out his plans and his purposes for our lives, his way, they end up the best way, right? So we see that Joseph ends up in prison, but even in the prison, God is with him. God showed him kindness. God granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden says in verse 22, so the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Everything, every position that Joseph was put in, every problem he faced led to him being placed and elevated in a position where he was the one in charge all the way up until, and we'll see in the next few chapters, being the second in command under Pharaoh. And what I love about the whole story is by the end of the story, he says to his brothers, hey, what you meant for evil, God turned it around for good. He's in control, guys. He is in control. Even in the difficult times, even in the problems and the difficult situations, God is in control. He is seated on the throne, and that is never going to change. So be encouraged because God is with you. He's for you. He's working it all out for you. His plans are perfect. His purpose is perfect. And everything will turn out exactly the way that he wants it to turn out. Amen? Amen. Well, I hope you were encouraged by something in here. I'm loving these comments. That's good, Pastor. Is it? <laughs> Tara, my, my beard does grow pretty fast. You're right. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, God, that you are in control. We thank you, God, that you are the one who leads us, guides us to our purpose. And sometimes we may not understand your plans, but we know that your plans are perfect. God, we just thank you that you are never absent, but even in the presence of problems, we could experience your presence, your love, your kindness, your mercy, and your grace. God, help us to trust you as we're walking through difficult things in life. Help us to trust you in the process. Help us to trust you in the journey. Help us to trust you as you lead us and you guide us. But Lord, also help us to withstand the enemy. Help us to withstand temptation. Help us to stand strong in our faith, to not give in to compromise, God, but to choose to walk in integrity and faithfulness to you. God, help us to obey you in everything in our lives. And Lord, help us to, to thrive in every season. Lord, help us to see everything that you do is good, whether we understand it or not. I pray for all those people that are probably watching this so wondering what's going on in their lives, maybe feeling discouraged, anxious, worried about what's going on in their lives. God, I pray that you would give them a peace that surpasses all understanding. 
and help them to stand strong in their faith. I pray that you would bless them and lead them to their breakthrough. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.